Welcome to the Rescue Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person find a life full of freedom and purpose through Jesus. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. Jesus, we love you and we thank you so much for the opportunity to worship together today. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for just your constant presence in our life. I pray right now for the people that are watching this that they maybe can't quite identify that. Perhaps they feel like you're distant. Perhaps they feel like uh, you're not interested in what's happening in their life. But I pray against those lies today. God, I pray that right now that they would sense you and feel you moving in their life, moving in their situation. God, we bring whatever we may be facing, whatever we may be carrying, we bring it under your authority. And God, we uh, just submit ourselves to you. God, I I pray for um, those who just feel far from you today, that that gap would be closed. Uh, by your presence, by the opening and the, the teaching of your word today, that we would be brought close to you, that our eyes, that our ears and our hearts would be open and receptive and aware of what you want to do here today. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Well, good morning. Welcome to Rescue at Home. My name is Josh Overton, and I have the privilege of being the pastor of this church, and it truly is an honor to be invited into your space whenever and however you may be watching. If you're online, then I would just love for you to go ahead and just throw in the comments where you're watching from, uh, Durham, Raleigh, Morrisville, Goldsboro. Uh, we've got some friends down in Texas that tune in, some friends in Georgia. We got some friends on the coast watching right now, and it truly is an honor to be with you. It is an honor to spend time worshiping with you opening God's word and leaning in together into what he has for us. I don't have a ton of announcements for you today, but I would really encourage you. I'm not sure when you typically hop on our live stream, but uh, we start at 10 o'clock and normally about a minute or two before then, we have a service host that comes out and delivers some very useful information. Uh, You'll see them later on in the service as well. So if you miss that, no problem, just back the video up to the beginning. You You can check that out. But all the links that they mentioned will be in the comments or the caption of this video, so you can go there. And as always, you can visit rescuechurchnc.com. We don't want you to miss out on the resources that we're creating and providing. We don't want you to miss out on ways that we are still, uh, you know, trying to be intentional to stay connected. Socially distant should not mean socially disconnected. And so make sure that you're checking out uh, that before service or at least visiting the website post-service to to make sure you don't miss out on anything happening, okay? Um, I want to pick up right where we left off last week. We've been in this series, Brick and Mortar, and we spent the first several weeks kind of laying out the foundations, if you will, of what a believer, uh, what the church should look like, what is expected of us, what's been entrusted to us, uh, even outside uh, kind of our normal environments, which would be a Sunday morning service, in a facility. We're thankful for buildings. We're thankful for gatherings. We're praying for the time that we can all be together in one place under one roof again. 
but those are just tools. Those are just supplements. We should exist and function and thrive outside of that context. Like we shouldn't be fish out of water, right? So we spent the past few weeks talking about that. Last week, we picked up Matthew chapter 16, in which we looked at Jesus's promise to build his church on this rock, right? That very rock being a region called Caesarea Philippi, in which this was the epicenter of all that was evil and corrupt in the world. You can go back and listen to that message if you missed it. But Jesus is literally standing on that rock. And he says, upon Satan's ecclesia, upon Satan's government, Satan's systems, I will build my ecclesia. I will build my church. I will build my people. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. The more accurate translation is that the gates of hell will not withstand which tells us that, that we're not on the defense. We're not just getting assaulted all the time, but that we should be on the offense. Like we should be advancing and, and not just the church in the, in the typical concept of a gathering or service, but this is a people, God's people will advance and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. So what a promise, what a, what a hope-filled message for you to cling to this morning that, that your marriage is, is sacred space, your family is sacred space, your heart is sacred space, right? And, and that Jesus is not only guarding this, but the gates of hell won't be able to withstand the advancement of his people, of you and me, of God and giving God his rightful place of honor in all of these areas. We've been laying out this groundwork and I want to pick it up right where we left it off last week in Matthew chapter 16. We're going to read verse 18. Jesus says, and I tell you, Peter, remember Peter makes a confession that you are the Christ. Remember Jesus asked Peter, Who do you, what are they saying about me? And then he looks at Peter and says, well, what, what are you saying? What are you, what, what are you saying about me? He, he asked Peter, not, not Peter, what are you thinking? Even though he already knew it. He's not looking at Peter and saying, let me judge your heart, not even though I know it. No, no, he, he asked Peter to confess it, to speak it out into the earth, to say it out loud. And Peter says, well, you're the Christ. And so Jesus says, well, upon this confession, you know, God has revealed this to you. My Father has revealed this to you. And upon this confession, I will build my church, verse 19. And then he says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So there's a couple things here. We're going to kind of camp out right here for just a moment. Just, just follow the thread of this moment, though. This moment sets into motion so many moments and milestones in the ministry of Jesus. Peter makes this confession. Bam. Jesus says, now I give you the keys. In other words, I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you the opportunity to drive, right? I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Bam, just a, a few moments later, Jesus takes Peter up onto the mountain. You can read this in scripture, and he's transfigured by the glory. He, he reveals Peter's confession to Peter. He shows him his confession. Then a few moments later, Jesus is telling the disciples, well, now I've got to go to Jerusalem, and I have to die and have to fulfill all of these things, like this one confession sets all this into motion. Like we need to track this and see this thread. 
And so Jesus is literally saying, I need to show you this. That I'm giving you, Peter, the keys. I'm giving you the keys. Like, like not just the, the leadership. I'm giving you, you. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you the chance to take and go. But see, the thing about keys, okay, so the keys must be used in order to be effective. Just because you have a key on your key ring doesn't do anything until you actually unlock something that needs to be unlocked or you lock something that needs to be kept up, which is why he gets into the next part of this verse. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What Jesus is talking about here is authority. He's talking about agreement. He's talking about prayer. And I don't know if, if you're like me, but there have been so many moments when I've, I've looked through the Bible, specifically at what Jesus has said. Because even if there's parts of the Bible that you're not fully like invested in and you're still kind of like, well, maybe that's more allegorical. Maybe that's more metaphorical. You can at least agree that if Jesus says it right, like it's got to be true. But there's even things that he says that it's just like, do you think he really meant like every or, or any? Or do you really think when he said the mountain could be moved that he meant literally a mountain? And, and what I want to try to help with today is to show you a couple things. And the first thing is I want to show you, we're going to look at a couple different scriptures. I may read them, I may not, but if I don't, uh, the references will be included uh, and, and my notes will be included as well. So you can go back and read these on your own time. But I want to show you that Jesus has proven to us that his power is not the issue. His power is not the issue for a powerless church. His power isn't the issue for a prayerless church. His power isn't the issue for a, in your life. His power isn't the issue for your marriage, your family, your job, your finances. His power isn't the issue. It's our ability or inability to come into agreement and under the authority of his power. So when Jesus is saying right here, that I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Do you think he meant literally whatever? I think he does because his power isn't the issue. It's our ability or inability to come in agreement with that and under authority. So when Jesus is using these terms, binding and loosing, uh, the more uh, probably clear definition for us would be Whatever you permit, it's, it's, it's legal terms. So when he's using this for context, the Jewish leaders and Pharisees knew exactly what Jesus was talking about because whenever they got to together to decide on the law for the nation of Israel, they would come together, they would summit with God, they would collectively come upon the mind of God on, a, on an issue, and then they would say, okay, we've got the mind of God on this, and so we are going to permit this, or we may prohibit this because this is what God wants or this is what God uh, wants us to stay away from as the nation of Israel. So whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven and whatever you prohibit on earth will be prohibited. It is 
the underlying issue of why prayer for so many of us has become mystical and it's become this whole thing, this whole concept of like, you know, you can never really figure out God and you really never, really never know what God's will is. And, and, and sometimes you pray and it happens. And sometimes you pray and it doesn't happen. And sometimes you don't pray and it happens. And, and, and that's why some people are healed. And it's like God is just, you just never really know. And then we kind of get into this sentiment of just like God's going to, you know, work it out. Uh, anyway, even if I don't take up my responsibility, like, and I'm just here to tell you that, that that's not true. And, and I'm here to tell you that everything that Jesus says is true. And, if, and for every uh, ask, for every do, for every say to this, it's true. His power isn't the issue. Our inability to come into agreement with that and under the authority of that is the issue. A lot of our spiritual lives look like my uh, relationship with my internet provider. And so I have been a Spectrum customer, Time Warner customer, OG, okay, from the moment that I was old enough to get internet in my own name. And every single house that I've ever lived in, in every single location, there has been an issue. There has been uh, under delivery of what they promise, right? There's been a performance issue. There's been a technical issue. There's been equipment issues. Like I've had to consistently um, get people, to, technicians to come in and fix what they said wasn't an issue. And then they showed up and like, oh, sorry, that's on us, right? There have been so many times uh, where, I don't know I'm preaching to somebody right now. There have been so many times when the promotion just all of a sudden went out, right? And then our bill went up and then you had to call and be like, wait a minute, I had that promotion for like six more months. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Let's get you another promotion. Like over and over and over and over. Well, a couple years ago, guess who showed up on the scene? Google. With what? Fiber, which is like two or three, four times faster than anything Spectrum could offer you. Right. And so here I am moving into the triangle and I kept hearing these rumblings about fiber and fibers coming to your area and you should do it. You should try it out. And it's way better than Spectrum. But what did I do? I settled for what I have known, even though there was issues, even though there was always problems, even though I always felt like they were trying to pull one over me, like even though I never got what I was promised, even though I didn't get what I signed up for, I was in an agreement with that. And instead of getting out from that agreement and signing up for a much more powerful, fulfilling, satisfying provider, I chose to stay with Spectrum until recently. Until recently, I just had enough and the stream kept crashing. You guys know about this on Sunday mornings. Stream kept crashing. Internet kept going in and out. So I called Fiber and I was like, hey, listen, can I get Fiber? And they're like, yes, what's your address? And I told them and they were like, okay, you've been eligible for like two years. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like not only was I refusing to even explore it, I didn't even realize what was available to me until recently. And some of you, your spiritual life is the same way. You're upset. You're mad at God because you don't feel like you're getting what you were promised. You read about all these things about mountains being moved and asking you shall receive and knock and door shall be open. But then you feel like every door in your life is closing. The windows are locked shut. You maybe even you feel like you're locked in the closet somewhere like you can't get out. You're suffocating 
But then you read in scripture and your life just doesn't line up and we want to blame God. But God's power isn't the issue. It's our inability to come into agreement with God. Why is that? Perhaps it's because we're in agreement with so many other things. Perhaps it's because we've given authority to everything except God in our life. We have other vows that we've made. We have other things that we are in agreement with that have higher authority than Him. But today I want to show you just how important your words are. I want to show you how our spiritual life, our prayer life doesn't have to be so hit and miss. Right? Doesn't it feel like this? Why? It feels like spectrum. Sometimes I'm connected and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I got Jesus on the main line and sometimes he wouldn't pick up. Like, why is that? There's reasons for this. The ultimately, our reasoning is because of the agreements that we have in our life. Matthew 5 36 says, And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Here's what this scripture is saying. Here's what Jesus meant by that. It's like, hey, don't make commitments that you can't keep. Paul writes about this when he says, There is no good part of my flesh. There are good things that I want to do, but, but I don't do them. And there are bad things that I don't want to do, but I do them. Because there is no good thing in my flesh. Jesus is warning us. He's saying, hey, your words matter. What you give authority to matters. What you come in agreement with absolutely matters. So don't make a commitment that you can't keep. Don't make an agreement with something or someone that you cannot keep. Let me give you just a quick example, okay? I'm just going to take uh, something that, that men, that could happen to some of the men watching this, right? It happens to us, right? Uh, we uh, explode in anger, right, in frustration to our spouse or to a friend or s someone in our family, right? We lash out, and at the, when that's over, we make this commitment, right? Oh, I, that felt terrible. I'll never, I'll never do that again. Like, I'm so sorry. I'll never... Do that again. Genuine, yes, but we make this commitment. We make this vow. We make this agreement. Or perhaps, you know, we struggle with pornography and you have this good streak of, of just staying clean and all of a sudden something triggers and you're right back down that vortex and you make this commitment. Oh, I feel awful. I don't want to be involved in this. I will never do this again. And do you realize that when you say that you're doing exactly what Jesus said not to do? Don't make a commitment that you can't keep. You, have, you don't even have the power to turn one strand of your hair from black to white, or probably from white to black, because once that hair starts getting peppered, right, we, we talk, think about coloring it, whatever we can do to control it. We don't even have the power to do that. So Jesus warns us not to make that kind of oath. Why would he say that? Well, because when we are tempted and we succumb to that temptation or that outburst, that outrage, what happens immediately after? All oh, the guilt, the shame, the commitment that you made, your will to, with your willpower. It takes, it puts the focus on the wrong place. Instead of, instead of coming to Jesus, making a confession 
humbling ourselves. As the Bible says, God resists the proud, but he gives what? Grace to the humble. So don't make a commitment, make a confession. Do you understand how powerful our words are? Like, don't make an agreement with yourself or with your self, like willpower. How many times has that failed us? Make an agreement with something higher, something stronger. Make an agreement with God's authority over your life. And as you come into an agreement with that, rather than making a commitment, you make a confession. God gives us grace. Our words are so powerful. We have to disavow these agreements that we've made and come in an agreement with Jesus. Revelation 12, 11 says, okay, I know, Revelation is getting serious. Here's what it says, that we will overcome the enemy, the temptation, the fear, the anxiety. Okay, we will overcome the enemy by what? The blood of the lamb It's by Jesus Jesus' blood cancels, okay? Here's what that says, is that sin isn't a problem. Jesus can handle sin, okay? He can handle that. He can take care of that. It doesn't bother him. By the blood of the Lamb and the what? The word of our testimony, the confession, the, the outspoken, right? The agreement of our testimony. So Jesus can handle sin, but Jesus can't control who you allow to sit on the throne. Jesus' life canceled our debts, but he can't control who you give a voice to in your life. So testimony, okay, where in life do we see testimonies given? In court, here we, back, here we are, to the legal terms of this again, okay? What you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven, what you Prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven. So keep that locked away right here. We're in court. What does Satan mean? Accuser. Who is accusing us? Who is bringing up everything that you've ever said, ever done? Who's doing his best to continually point out our flaws and our mistakes? And every time you said, I'll never do, but you did anyway. And every time you said, I'll never go there again, but you went there anyway. He's pointing it out every single time moment, trying to prove to God that you're not in agreement with God's grace. On the other side of this, you have Jesus, the Prince of Peace, who the Bible says is always interceding on our behalf. So if this is true, and we believe the Bible to be true, then shouldn't our lives be some type of like utopia, bliss? If Jesus is interceding for us and he's got authority like, are, you, are we saying that Jesus doesn't know how to intercede? His power isn't the issue. So what is the problem? Where is the disconnect? Where is the interrupted service coming from? Where is the low bandwidth coming from? It's who we're giving authority to. It's who you're in agreement with. Our, our testimony it is literally, it, it breaks down to meaning the voices that are speaking on your behalf. That's what happens in court. So your marriage is a testimony. Your, like, you don't have to actually say any words to have a testimony. Your marriage is a testimony. Your relationship with people are a testimony. 
Your, your finances are a testimony. Your attitude is a testimony. What are we in agreement with and what are we bringing our testimony? Whose authority are we given over our testimony? That's so, so important. Our words, man, I'm just, this is the one single thought that I'm trying to help. The one concept that I'm trying to make sure we get today is that agreement is, is, is so important. Our words matter. We have to, we have to disavow from some of the agreements that we've made. We've got to clean up some of the words that we've spoken, words that we've spoken over people and over things and over situations. When Daniel was fasting, he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And when the angel finally showed up, he said, I'm sorry, I was trying to get to you, but the enemy, the, the, the prince of the airways, right, was blocking me from getting to you. God heard you, but there was something in the way. Something else had authority. But your persistence in God's sovereignty, I, I am, by, by that, I am now here. And I'm here to answer your prayer. I'm here to give you the answer. What are you giving authority over your life? What are you in agreement with? Our words matter. And not just what you think, right? And not just, not just your heart. What's, not just what's in your heart. What are you saying? Jesus asked Peter, what are you saying about me? What is, what is the world saying about me? We overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, yes, but also by what our lives are saying, what our lives are speaking. Romans 10, 9, again, I, mean, I can spend, and I am, the next few minutes just showing you all over the Bible. Romans 10, 9. That says that we are to believe in our hearts, right? Believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus was crucified, died, and rose from the grave and ascended into heaven, that his life replaced the need for us to die. It's called grace. Like it says that we are to believe that in our heart. And then there's a second part to that. And what? Confess it. Confess it. The difference between being called, yeah, you can come to Jesus, you can make him your Lord and Savior, and you can die and go to heaven. You can be called. But the difference between being called and chosen is a confession. The difference between just getting, like living this life out until you get to the kingdom and seeing kingdom come on earth and participating with God to bring kingdom here on earth as it is in earth or as it is in heaven, let it be. So on earth as it is in heaven, let it be so in Durham as it is in earth. Let it be so in my home, in my marriage, in my friendships. Like the difference between being called and chosen is a confession. What you are agreeing to, what you are bringing authority, what you're bringing yourself under. It is so, so important. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. So do we think that Jesus was just trying to write a nice little poem here? Or do we think this is metaphorical, allegorical? Or do we believe what Jesus, like the mountains in your life can be moved because I've given you the keys. But keys are only useful if you unlock what is meant to be unlocked and you lock up what's meant to be kept up. You have to use the key for it to be 
effective. When we are tempted, when we are tried, when we are pressed, the Bible says over and over and over again that God will make a way. When there feels like there is no way, God will make a way. What do you have to do? You have to humble ourselves. James says to humble yourself before God. Submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he will flee. When the disciples were in the garden, Jesus comes out to them and he says what? When he finds them sleeping, he doesn't say, hey, make another commitment that I'm going to go away and you're going to pray because we know what's going to happen. I'm going to go away and you're going to fall asleep again. He doesn't look at them and say, make another commitment. He says, no, watch and pray. Watch lest you be tempted so that you don't succumb to the temptation. Some, uh, submit yourself before God. Humble yourself. God resists the proud, but he gives grace. He gives a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He gives a way of escape through grace. 1 Peter 5 through 6. Your words are so important, friends. And some people have only taken a few steps with God, if any at all, because they refuse to get in agreement with God and what he wants for their life. We give agreement to so many other things, so many vows that we've made, so many things that we give. We give authority to lies and deceit from the enemy. And, and if I was in my house and, and someone was trying to break into my home and, and they got through until I call the authorities they have the power to take whatever they want. But the minute that I call the authority, that legitimacy, that opportunity is gone. When I bring the law over it, it corrects that problem. The problem is some of us watching today, we've brought the wrong law and authority over us. We've gone to bed and left the back door wide open, letting the enemy come in and have dominion where he shouldn't have any dominion. Allowing the rule of Satan and his airwaves, the deceiver, the accuser, and all these things, allowing them to have authority over our life, where his authority is illegitimate. It has been defeated and, and made a public spectacle of on the cross through Jesus' sacrifice and resurrection and ascension. But where you're giving your authority, where you're giving your agreement to is everything. And it comes down to the words that you're speaking, the testimony of your life. It's one thing to say, yes, I think Jesus is king during a service or during a Sunday. It's an entirely different thing to live that way throughout this week. What if, what if, friends, our lives all came in an agreement with not only who God is, but the but the life that he wants us to live, like what if we truly brought our households, our finances, our family, our, our recreational life, our Monday through Friday, nine to five life. Like, what if we brought everything, not just a corner, not just a sliver, not just a compartment. Well, what if we brought everything underneath the authority of Jesus? What if we came in an agreement with what God has? The Bible says that where our two or three are gathered. Like, I thank God it doesn't say that I need, I need 300 people to get together. 
And if there's 300 people, then I'll show up. And he's like, no, 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 my power is so available to you. I only need two or three to agree. Like, can I get you to agree with me this morning? Can I get you to come in an agreement with what God has for you? Can I get you to disavow the agreements you've made with the world and the world systems and the lies and the brokenness that you faced in your life and you've endured? Can we break away from that today and come into an agreement? with what God says and, and what God wants for us and what God has for you. I don't think the words of Jesus uh, are, are written just to inspire us and, and send us into this blissful daydream of what life may be. That's why he said you need to pray for kingdom come. That's why he said you must pray that as it is in heaven, let it be done here Oh, I think he meant every word of it. What if you and I, I don't need a hundred. Like what if it was a hundred though? What if it was a whole church? What if it was a whole city in agreement? But I, I just need two or three of you. That's all he needs. That's all he asks for. Jesus' power isn't the issue. It's our, the agreements we've made. And he's telling you, hey, don't make another commitment. You couldn't fulfill the commitment. That's why I came to begin with. Make a confession. Remember, James, confess your sins to one another and find healing. Humble yourself before God. Submit yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee. He's got no ground to stand on in your life unless you've given him the authority to do so. You've been given the keys. Just make sure you're not leaving the door unlocked when you go to bed. You've been given the ability to lock up and unlock what you've allowed in your life. Today, we have to remove the excuse that it's God's fault. He's canceled our debt. He's righted every wrong. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word, the confession of our mouth. So today, friends, this, it's a simple step that I want to invite you to take. You're, I'm telling you, like this isn't a, a, a name it, claim it sermon by any means, but I'm telling you when we come in agreement with the heart of God, it unlocks the power of God in our life. And so we're not only praying for the force of God, but we see the favor of God work in our lives too. What would our lives look like if we all came into agreement that the world will know us by what? Our love for one another. What if we came in agreement to that? When the Bible says that if you have Ought with your brother, if you have trouble with your brother, you should go and handle that and forgive that and extend forgiveness before you do or say or pray anything because that will halt your prayers. Like maybe we're not seeing our prayers answered because we've come in an agreement with unforgiveness. We can't forgive, so therefore God can't move. Not because he's powerless and not because he's stubborn and not because he's heartless, just because we've given authority to something else. But today that can stop. 
Today that curse can break, that wall can come down, those chains can fall. If you come into agreement with the heart of God, and right now I'm just going to ask you, we're going to go old school right here in this moment. I'm going to ask you right where you are to lift your hand. Just put your, put your phone down. You don't have to watch me for this part. If you're watching on your phone, put your phone down, put your Bible down, put your journal down, put your kid down. Just spend a few minutes, put your coffee down and lift your hands towards heaven. I know everyone thinks we do this because we're, I got a Pentecostal background. That may be partly true, but I lift my hands as a sign of surrender. And here's the thing. I don't just surrender one time. I don't just surrender when the band does my favorite song. I surrender daily. I surrender every single moment. God, I surrender and I submit myself to the dependency upon you. You are my savior. Yes, but you are my Lord. You are my king. God, and I surrender myself to you. And I place myself and my household and my family and my job and my finances and my mind and my thoughts. God, and I surrender it all to you, God, and I give up control to you. If that's you, would you just lift your hands and just pray it with me right where you are? God, I surrender it all to you. God, I lift up my hands to you as a sign of surrender, as a sign of declaration, as a sign of uh, just reaching out to you, God. God, I give you control. God, today I, and I pray for everyone watching this today, God, that whatever we have made agreements with that are unholy, God, whatever agreements we've made with the kingdom of darkness today, God, that we would remember that we have been brought forth from darkness into your marvelous light, 1 Peter 2, 9. And God, I surrender to you. I denounce every lie, every false statement that we have made an agreement with, God. And I've brought myself under the authority and the agreement that in Christ I am a new creation. God, I bring myself under the promise that even when life tells me that everything is falling apart and everything is, is hard, and every choice to make is hard and everything is so stressful, but God, I bring myself under your promise that you are working all things out to those for the good and the benefit of those who love you. God, I, I bring myself under the authority and I'm making agreement today and I pray this for my brothers and sisters watching this today. That when you truly feel like when, when, the, when the walls are closing in and, and things around you are collapsing and it feels like everything that, ha that can be shaken has been shook, there's one thing that remains. There is an anchor that still yet stands. And that's you. That's you, Jesus. God, I wrap my arms around you today and I cling to you. And my marriage clings to you. My family clings to the foot of the cross today. My, my household clings to you, God. Our health, our mental capacity, our emotional capacity. God, I submit this church to you. This is your church. We cling to you, God. I surrender and submit my friendships to you, to the people who are watching this today, who are hopeless, who are stressed, who are fed up. God, I pray that they would cling to you today. 
God, I denounce any shame, any fear, any lie, any anxiety that the accuser would try to make testimony on our life. He has no authority. He is illegitimate. God, you are the king of kings and you are the, the, the prince of peace. And we cling to you today, Jesus. I don't need a building. I don't need, I don't need a Sunday gathering to tell you that you're good, to tell you that you're still God, and to cling and put my dependency on you. God, and I pray that we would all echo that this morning. And we would echo that in our hearts and in our lives today. And it's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Just want to say, um, truly thankful. Gosh, probably should stop and cut this, but whatever. Um, just want to say truly thankful that you tuned in today. I hope you understand what we're trying to communicate to you. I hope you understand the power of your words, the power of your agreement in your life. And I pray you would seriously stop and consider the agreements that you've made today. Don't spend your life with a spectrum spiritual life when you could have Google Fiber. The access is there. The power is there. It's just willing what it's just up to what you're willing to give authority to and make an agreement with. We're going to continue worshiping, so I'm going to ask you now to just spend the next few moments in response. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Join us each week here on the pod or live in Durham. Keep up with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Rescue Church NC.